0: Welcome to the Empowered Embodiment Podcast. I am your host, Robin LaCombra. In this podcast, we explore all the feels in their full spectrum. Movements, both physical and social. Creativity, advocacy, belief systems, ambition, community care. Creating cultures of compassion where more folks feel like they truly belong. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being down to do the work. Let's do this. Hey, folks, and welcome to this episode of Empowered Embodiment. This is a recording of a live-stream panel I hosted on May 8, 2020, called Let's Talk About Race. I sat down with a few local Black leaders here in Hamilton, Ontario. We had a long and candid conversation of the impacts of Ahmad Arbery's murder. It is now June 10th. There have been a number of unjust deaths since this conversation at the hands of the police. There have been global protests demanding for reform. We find ourselves in this really potent portal of potential, an age of accountability. What kind of ancestor do you want to be? What kind of future do you want to build? How do you want this to be written in history books? Give this conversation a listen and then do the work. We need you to. All hands on deck. I'm officially recording, hello (laughs) sweet friends. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to have this conversation with each other and with the broader community. Um, And I'm really excited and I know that that might feel like a weird word to use, but I'm excited to dive into this conversation with each of you and hear from you all. So for I mean, I know and love each of you. Um, but if you can introduce yourselves to whoever is listening, your name, your pronouns, if you wish to share them and your passion work, like what what are you passionate about? What are your gifts? What are you sharing? Just so people have context around who you are.
1: <laughs> I'll go first. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Stilo Starr. I am a visual alchemist slash visual artist um, slash movement practitioner slash creative um, slash empath. And uh, that's a lot of what's behind me wanting to be a part of this today. Um, My pronouns are she. and yeah, I'm just, I'm really feeling blessed to be with everyone. Hi, Eddie. <laughs> hi. I'm feeling really blessed to be with everyone today. And this is kind of, you know, the best salve for, um, and the best replacement for not having the physical togetherness during this kind of time. So hi, everyone. I'm really happy to be
2: here.
0: <laughs> hi, Stilo, Thank you.
2: Thank you hmm Okay, well, peace, my name is Queen C. I just wanna say thank you for um, inviting me and allowing me in this space to share with all you sisters and um, to, build, um, to build on the climate that we're constantly in, um, honestly, um, and the feelings that we're in. Um, I myself am, I guess I could say I'm a multidisciplinary artist. Um, I've been a musician, singer, songwriter for the majority of my career, and also a um, community activist for the empowerment of youth, um, most importantly, girls and women. And I'm also a custom black doll artist uh, to represent visuals for that reflect the African diaspora. So, um, me being here and being a mother of uh, uh, five, four boys and a girl. Um, all every time these pop up it just you spoke on being an empath there's two empaths me and my son are like huge empaths and my daughter as well so um it's just uh it's uh i don't know it's i can't really explain right now
0: thank you and welcome Let see.
3: okay i'll go <laughs> um My name is Clarendine, Claire for short. I am a tarot reader, I instruct movement, and I'm a singer-songwriter, and I do a bunch of other little things that you'll find out on my page later. Um, Also an empath, so shout out to Black empaths that we don't hear about. Um, Yeah, uh, pronouns she, they, and yeah. I'm in my feelings y'all. Just in my feelings. Um hmm. Yeah. I I'm, I'm just thankful that we're all gathered here together to amplify our voices and thank you Robin to, for creating the space for us to really speak to um the experience of black people and the anti-blackness that we have to deal with on a on a daily. Yeah.
0: Mm. The least I can do.
4: Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's me next. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Sarah or Sahra. Uh, I use she or the a pronouns. Um, I am passionate about organizing. Um, I would consider myself a community organizer. Um, I'm an artist, I uh, am a DJ, I love to make people dance, I love to dance, I like to move. Um, I am a socialist, I'm an abolitionist, Um, I'm a disability justice advocate, uh, and I am constantly envisioning a future for Black people where we are free, self-determined, stateless, And rid of white supremacy. I also strongly agree and believe in that in order to achieve Black liberation um, and win in the fight against white supremacy, we must also fight for the liberation and self determination of Indigenous people and continue to resist ongoing colonialism. And I feel very passionately about that.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm, Yes, thank um, you for sharing that and for naming that. Absolutely. mm
4: -hmm. And I'm thankful for the space to be able to be here with all of you to, to grieve and to be angry and um, just to feel all those feelings. So thank you. Thank
0: you. <sighs> yes, a collective thanks to a space for our full spectrum feelings where mm-hmm. our anger and sadness is welcome and valid. Um, mm-hmm. None of- Spiritual bypassing, just get over it, think positive thoughts, bullshit. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, kick that down.
4: No, (laughs) thank you.
0: And I also want to name and acknowledge that having this conversation is emotional labor. And so thank you for being down to do this labor for collective awareness and understanding. Um, And on that note, emotional labor is very hard. So anybody who is listening now or is listening later, um, OK Shoe, which is, a, um, is which is spearheaded by Phoebe Taylor, um, a local artist and dear, dear friend of all of ours and Good Body Feel, is donating the profits of any of her empowerment poster sales or her art sales today uh, to serve as Speaker fees for the four of you. So, anyone that's listening right now, go to okshoe.com, buy yourself some art that says things like, I'm proud of us, and feelings are our superpowers, into a virtual room full of empaths. Feelings are our superpowers. So, go support OkShoe okay in return, supporting the four of you. And if you want to give beyond that, feel free to email transfer hello at goodbodyfeel.com. And in the message notes, just say, let's talk about race. And I'll just make sure that those funds go directly to, to the four of you. So anyone listening now or later, um, give. <laughs> give. Emotional labor is labor. Yeah. Uh, and, and Black women deserve to get money just because. So um, there's that.
3: Thank you. Thank
0: <laughs> you. Ears up, everybody! Give these <laughs> folks your money. Okay, so we are having this conversation in light of the social media shitstorm that blew up yesterday, um, letting the world know about Ahmad Arbery's murder, mm-hmm. and uh, lots of conversations were inspired from that between us as individuals and I was like, all right, let's all get in a room and chat about it. So um, if we can all, if you can all take a moment to, to talk about that, how have you been impacted? How are you feeling right now uh, in your body uh, with the news that's circulating? And I know that Ahmad's passing is not the only one in recent days. So if you wanna speak to that as well, and I'll let you folks share.
2: Mm. For me, um, what makes it um, even more tough for me personally is every single time I see these stories, um, it's, it's one of my sons every single time. Every single time I hear a story, it's in the age, the same age, the same age bracket as one of my boys. I mean, my boys aren't little boys anymore they're um older teenagers and young men so um I part of me is like thank goodness I'm here in in Canada not saying that it doesn't happen here but it's less vicious as um what our brothers and sisters in the U.S. right now are dealing with, because those are the mainly, those are majority of the stories that we hear. Um, But it's not like, it's not like it's more safe. Um, We know that the racism in Canada and the the oppression here is, is, uh, can be very passive aggressive. Um, It can be um, cloaked in so many different things um, that if you are not, especially a person um, either person of color, especially if you're not a Black person, which we are automatically, I feel like we're born with this radar where we just automatically know we don't need to be told something is racist. We don't need to be told what someone's tone is. We just automatically detect it because it's a survival mechanism that we end up being born with and we have no choice to live with every day. So for me, it's just I constantly am seeing my sons in these stories and I'm like, what if my kid wants to go across the border and go to school? I don't want him to go over there. And I don't want him to go over there because of the opportunity. I don't want him to go over there because I don't want him to be in the percentage of possible statistics. Um, so for me personally, that's where it mainly is. And then, you know, my husband as well. He looks like, He looks like these brothers that are literally being murdered Every day. And um, uh, I don't even know. It's like when we mentioned um, Stilo had put in her story, um, I was in my, told her I was in my bathroom. I, was, I had a glass to drink. And I had a, a spliff. Because I literally needed to run to my bathroom and take 15 minutes to just sit on the stool and just be by myself. And I came across, i flipping through Instagram to help to help redirect my mind into something else. And her story was, um, take a moment. I want you to stop what you're doing and take a moment. And It was stretch and it was to breathe, but it was to just breathe out whatever sound comes out. And it's like, I messaged her, I'm like, this came at such a perfect time. I'm literally in my bathroom sitting on a stool. And I just happened to come across her story and it was like, I needed that little bit to release because I can't release everything right now, but at least I could release something. So um, thank you for that, sis. And um, I still don't really have much words. I think my word that I came up with was um, stuck.
0: Thank you, Queen C for sharing that. And like mama bear, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that that's what you're feeling. And, you know, I wanted to spotlight some of the things that you said for the listeners, um, especially our non-BIPOC listeners, that these are feelings that you feel on a daily. Um, and your word stuck, it's like l- the opposite of liberation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <sighs> Claire, Stilo, Sarah, do you want to share how you are feeling, how you are impacted?
1: Physically, I feel significantly tense. My body, just very bracing. I'm always bracing. Um, and that was behind my post yesterday to kind of as a plea to stop posting the video um there's this you already know what the screen grab is before you even see it because it's been shared so many times so you start kind of like lurching every time you see it on the phone and um that perpetual state of of bracing is it's held it's it's frozen in my body so i find that i've really been trying to physically move and stretch and um came out of that because i it felt so good to take that space to myself and to stretch and to breathe into it and to just exist because daily that's already a, a struggle or at least a something to contend with as a black woman is to have the space, to take up the space, to have agency over my space. Um, and taking that time for myself was important. And I, I didn't highlight what that was born out of because I knew it would impact the people that it needed to impact. And I'm, I'm really grateful that it, it did and that it reached people in general, um, but noticeably tense. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing, Stilo. And I'm so glad that you were able to resource the tools that you have to find even 1% more ease. And then your 1% more ease in sharing that you were able to offer Queen C and whoever, who, who else do we know that might have fallen upon that story? Um, and the power of breathing of and connecting to our agency whether however big or however small our agency around how we can shift states so thank you for being a powerful teacher in that moment
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, uh, so someone just shared this is also happening in canada Defonte miller please learn their story and so sarah i wanted to hand it over to you to speak next because i know that you were talking about how this also is happening in canada maybe you want to honor
4: me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling devastated, not just by Ahmed Arbery's murder, but the fact that it took two months for pe for his death to have and receive this sort of attention. I'm also angry and devastated by DeAndre Campbell's death, who was shot and killed by the Peel police in Brampton just one month ago, not even a month ago. This happened in like, yeah, a few weeks ago. Um, This is definitely happening in Canada, and a lot of the time people are trying to separate the injustices that happen here in Canada from America when really the only thing separating us is maybe gun control. We still have the same racism. Um, Not just Andre Campbell, but we have Abdurahman Abdi who was shot and killed by the police not too long ago. Andrew Loku, a, a man in Montreal who was shot and killed by the police. Um, these are people who also have disabilities. What happens when Black people have disabilities and the ways that their deaths are represented in the media, it's almost as if they're, they're dehumanized or that they're, their deaths were justified because of their disability or because of their Blackness. And I think that's wrong. Um, there's also um, indig- an, an, a 16-year-old Indigenous girl was killed and murdered by the police
3: mm-hmm.
4: just, just last month. 16 years old. Why is it that Black people and Indigenous people's deaths and murders are portrayed this way in, in, in the media? Why are their deaths justified? Um, And it's almost always linked to an assumed crime. Like, we have this assumption that the police are there to protect and serve us. But the police and the police state stem from this greater, like, it comes from slave patrol. We know this. So, yeah, I mean, I appreciate that comment because I see it happening here just as much as I see it happening in the States. Um, and it 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 angers me it saddens me
1: and it's not new
4: and it's not new
1: happening you know i have people in my family that have direct experience with being apprehended by the police wrongfully and being accused wrongfully of a crime and being harmed by the police um And it's still something that I am not really able to get my semantics around to, to get my words around. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it is blinding rage.
4: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I'm just so confused with our collective reaction to post and share widely the brutalities of black bodies, unaware of the, the sort of consequences they may have with, on Black people with trauma. It's traumatizing to see this. We've, we've been seeing these videos. We've seen Mike Brown, the way that he was killed and murdered and how those videos circulated the internet. We saw what happened to Philando Castillo. We saw what happened to Alton Sterling. It's just, it's just too much. I don't, I don't wanna see these videos. It is an issue of consent too. I did not consent to watching these. Mm-hmm. and yeah I don't know we just we talk about consent in different contexts which is which is great but I want to start talking about it in this context yeah it shouldn't
1: it shouldn't be such readily consumable media to see a man be killed mm-hmm. at all if we had cell phone footage of you know, the shooting that happened in the movie theater or um, the nightclub, Pulse nightclub. Um, and I'm sure there, there might've been because of just the time and technology and all of that. But I, I imagine there would be great outrage in having that footage just be shared on Instagram or Facebook on someone's story. Um, and I, I it just it's so exhausting to even keep repeating this the sentiment but it's just so puzzling and infuriating that our bodies can just be exploited even after death mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah I can
0: that. i'm just gonna i wanna i wanna dive deeper into this specific point Um, So I'm going to shelf it for a second just so that we can give Claire a chance to share how uh, how they're feeling as well. But this exact point is something that I think is really important to unpack. Um, So so it's just a pause. And Claire, how are you feeling?
3: Um, I'm feeling like an overwhelming sense of grief, like deep, deep grief. And, And... and like it really just highlights how connected um black communities are like we're all feeling it heavy and then um i'm i'm having trouble finding the words i'm also like tired how do you make people care about black and indigenous bodies how do you make them care Um, The way we're portrayed in media, what gets consumed by mass media of, like, we're criminals, we're, um, I don't know, hypersexualized or completely desexualized, and all these stereotypes that play into the media, that's how people generally see us. It even makes, like, having... um, my experiences with like prejudice on like deep gross levels have been in romantic interracial relationships is where I've experienced a lot of that and it really just um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done you know um yeah (sighs) yeah I know I have more things to say but it's, it's slow, because it's, it's heavy shit. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say for now.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I just want to acknowledge everyone who shared the grief, the rage, the sadness, the worry, um, and, and the zero tolerance of this. So thank you for um, letting all of us into a a little bit of how you're feeling in this moment. (sighs) Invitation to do that. Everyone listen. (laughs) we shit. Breathe it
3: away. I feel like this past week, I haven't, like, I think one time you said, I can't sigh enough. And that's how I've been feeling. Like, I just want to sit and sigh, (sighs) right? (laughs) Yeah, It's like, I think even as a black community, our access to even just breathe in our bodies, we can't even just breathe in our bodies. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know, Mm -hmm. I keep thinking about the burdens that we carry as black people and all the trauma that we carry in our bodies and how it's just, it's so different because we know what that pain feels like. Why this hits so close to home. Mama See, you said this yourself. This could have been any one of us. This could have been our brothers, our sisters,
2: people we know, ourselves. And I think that when we're talking about social media and sharing and whatnot I remember once I shared a story and I don't really share on my Instagram because I try that's kind of like my escape for the arts Mm -hmm. and my that's my that's my platform where I go to where I can explore Black creatives and the art genre that I'm in and it's like allows me to find all the good stuff that brings me joy and kind of takes me to my, my zone out place. And one time I posted, um, it was, and again, it was a young black boy. It was in Florida. I don't know what, I mean, I, I do know what's up with that state, but aside from that, he was, something had happened in a parking lot where there was a fight with youth. You know, they gather, there's some, fight going on so high school kids they gather Do you know what I mean and it was the scene of this boy who um one of the boys that was getting arrested for whatever reason he was being uh, shackled on the ground and he picked up the boy's cell phone so that you know he could take his property so that it doesn't get confiscated and this big burly policeman came and started macing him in the face and when I say macing I'm talking about like here to here and i'm thinking like even just just the visual of that i don't know what it was just seeing that boy like grabbing his face and then him being body slammed to the ground and then um and then people love to say why are you standing there filming why aren't you doing and doing anything and i'm thinking imagine being a 15 year old black child okay you're in a space where there's police Policemen aggressive, they're already coming in there with the intent to do somebody harm. They don't come there with a peaceful demeanor. They come there with the intent and with the purpose of taking somebody as many down as they can. And I'm thinking these kids, one, they're scared. You can't kids can't they can't take on the police. That's a death sentence. That's a death sentence for any black body, period. So it's like Instead of, I just find so much blame in regards to when it comes to black people being in these situations, people of color being in these situations. And the first thing that happens is they get blamed for being on the scene. They get blamed for standing and not doing nothing. What do you expect them to do? They get blamed for filming. If they weren't filming, the only reason why we know about majority of these cases is because of technology and imagine how much we don't know because of people who don't have access to technology at those points in time we end up having to rely on news outlets to tell our stories of the deaths of our people yes and when we come forward and speak on it it's not truth you weren't there you're not you're not a reliable source me being a black person and being ex- experiencing this through maybe family or other people, or just through the internet and media, we're experiencing it constantly over and over. I have the right mm-hmm. to not just my own, my own state of mind, but to the state of mind of all my brothers and sisters, because we say one, justice, one injustice for you know, one of us is an injustice for us all, all, of us, yeah. all over the world. It doesn't yeah. matter where we live, we feel it. And mm-hmm. it's like, because it is in our DNA, we feel it. It's an energy connection that we have. And it's like, from sharing that one post, I said I would never share again on my Instagram because maybe I'll save it for my Facebook or put in my stories, but the amount of dialogue I had to, it wasn't even dialogue and I can't even call it conversation because conversation is the fluidity of of, um, reasoning back and forth with people and understanding where people are coming from. But it was, there was so much negativity from people who ended up gravitating towards my space where I would never allow them in. Mm. And it just literally opened up a door to allow so much evil and negativity in my space. And I was just like, wow, all it takes is one post. All it takes is one post for people I don't even know. For white people to come in my Black space that they would never come to on any other occasion just to spew all the opposite of what we're trying to share. And from there, that's why I kind of just put a post on my story because I was like, I don't have the capacity, the, the energy, and I don't have it. I don't have it to have dialogue. Like this, I can dialogue here, but to dialogue with people that I don't know on issues that they don't care about. You don't care about these people. You don't care. The yeah, story is... right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Trying to prove to me why your point is right. When I'm trying to share with you what it is. But then we're constantly, every time we speak, it's like we're automatically being, everything is being deflected to something else. And I can't, that's why I can't, that's why I can't, that's the reason why I can't do social media. Because if that was, sometimes I'm like, if this was face-to-face, I'd be a different person. Just because you would literally take me outside of myself and it's happened sometimes. And I had to remind myself, Queen C, do not let these people bring you outside of yourself. Yeah. Because we're constantly, literally being dragged outside of ourselves in yeah. order to defend our people, our, 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 our namesakes, our cultures, our way of life, the deaths that we mourn on a day-to-day basis. Yeah,
0: And it's yeah. not your job anymore it's not It's not your job to to do this work. your job is to survive yourself and keep your cubs safe and and so I wanted to spotlight some of the things that you said because like talking about how um, like that example you gave of a kid recording um, silence is like the most powerful white supremacy tool, it's how this has maintained, um, how oppression has been maintained because of the silencing of, of these stories, of your stories, of your experiences, and so now, like it's the age of the, it's the age of reckoning. Now that everyone has like, not everyone, but most folks have a handheld recording device and most folks have access to internet and social media. Like we are keeping people more accountable. And like, yeah, in that moment, the kid had more power recording the injustice than stepping in because like you said, stepping in could have been a death sentence, but at least recording is capturing truth, undeniable truth that this shit happens unprovoked to innocent people, to children because of the color of their skin.
2: And And let's stop blaming Black folks for what they can do in the moment. I find that's the thing. It's like, what, you weren't doing enough in the moment. You don't know my state of mind in that moment. You don't know if I was literally fearing for my life. You don't know if I had children with me. You don't know if I had loved ones with me. You don't know if maybe I just experienced something last week where you know my life was in danger so we need to stop i can't take the blaming of of black people for not doing enough in these situations where it's literally life and death mm-hmm. yeah yeah
0: it's because by blaming you they don't have to do the work
1: by mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
0: blaming you they don't have to admit that their comfort comes at your expense and so that's it's easier to blame it's easier to blame mm-hmm. you like this is not my problem this is your problem This is a you problem. You black folks need to figure it out. Slavery happened hundreds of years ago. Get over it already. It's like, no, that's a you problem, actually. Mm -hmm. It's a problem over there with your comfort. Meanwhile, I'm scared of the livelihood of my grown black men children. That's a you problem, because that's a your Mm -hmm. bias. And so this, so I wanted to bring up the video thing, because so in this instance, Queen C of your story, that person capturing that is—it's truth, it's captured, and then people see it. It's not silenced. And so, then, how do we balance that with what Sarah shared—that it's also, you know, seeing um, seeing the continuous abuse of Black bodies being sensationalized, um, and how that is re-triggering, like how do we, how do we sort out that paradox? Um, so like full disclosure, and you all know this, is I shared the video. I shared the video, I said trigger warning, but if you're white, watch this because I want you to feel angry. I want you to get upset. I want you to know that this is happening and your comfortable life um, and the, the certainty of the survival of your children um, comes at this expense. So share that comfort, feel enraged by this and share what you can share. And like, you know, so I'm getting obviously very reactive and emotional. Um, and, and so, you know, I wanted, I, and then when I saw both Steele and Sara post, like stop sharing the videos. like, oh true, like take it down. Um, so like, I, I would love to talk about that. How do we get the truth out? because we know that we need to make people care and feel it while protecting the mental and emotional health um, of, of our marginalized and oppressed communities. Like what's the...
3: I feel like in like media, that's like not news media, but entertainment media, black people are portrayed in a certain way. So it allows us this like separation in the subconscious mind that are like, They're entertainers. This is what they do. Um, And what what stereotypes are being perpetuated through that type of media, um, what's getting pushed out all the time to basically just homogenize the word, to make all black people look the same, right? Um, So I think it's easy to sensationalize the the truth videos, because we're constantly bombarded with images of, again, Black people as entertainers, we just have fun, we're not serious about things, when truly, like, those things are also our liberation. It's our survival mechanisms, too.
4: Mm, Yeah, Mm. I agree with you there. I think the issue at large, isn't the fact that the video, the tr- truth is out. It's the fact that people are becoming desensitized to these videos. That that's, this is something that's normal. That's, that's not okay. Yeah. It is not normal for Black bodies to be brutalized in this way. And people are getting used to it. And that's why it's so easy for us to share, without thinking about the consequences it has. Well, yeah
1: on the head I mean I think I keep thinking of Rodney King I was a kid when that happened and it's still like if I were to scroll through screen grabs of videos and stopped on that one I would know what it is because of how much it was passed around sensationalized and it's it's not even that people are becoming desensitized it's that we we already are
3: Mm -hmm.
1: just more common or I just I always see black people blank and there's this justification that's happening because of the desensitization and I think that needs to be addressed first before we can even crack that that
4: circle yeah
1: I I wish I knew how and it it's such a vulnerable statement to say I wish I knew how to get Mm -hmm you know, um, yeah, earnestly where I'm at.
4: You don't, yeah, it's, it's very uncommon for you to see the murders of, of white, of white people, of white bodies being sensationalized online, and it's confusing. It, it, it almost feels like black people won't be believed when they come out with an injustice it has to be it has to be justified and that's why we're moving towards you know pulling up our phones I'm recording you this is the truth that I can show but for white people you tell the police an injustice that has happened they believe you
2: from time from the beginning of time it's like it's like the movie you know devil in a blue dress do you know what I mean like all it takes is for literally a white woman to be like, this happened to me. And it's just like, oh my gosh, poor you. Okay, we have to protect you at all costs. Who was it? What did he look like? He was big and black. That's all. They will hunt down. doesn't matter who it is. No. Because this is from the beginning. Since we've been brought here, that's how it's been. Since they've come, since our culture and has been made to be a thing of just, I don't don't even know how to explain. It's like never will a a black person speak their truth and it will be believed 100%. I'm sorry, but I don't believe that there's there's a case where it's like, well, maybe in this case, no, I don't believe it. If it comes down to justice for any person of color, especially Black people, and they're saying, this is my truth and this is what's happened, they will not be believed. And it's come to the point where sometimes even... Like Mama had to... Prove I don't that, even know, man. Right? <laughs> where he... It's, it's...
1: And like... Yeah. He was, and he had to prove... With a legal document, this is where I'm from. And people were still like, I don't believe it.
2: Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so when it comes to then again, the brutalization of, of and the terrorization of of black people, men, women, and children, down to the babies, like it's never believed. Well, what did you do mm. in order for this mm-hmm. to be inflicted upon you? Because no one is gonna be treated in that way. Unless, well, no, like you said, white bodies, have. Ne- I have never seen, I, in my life of living on this planet, I have never seen in media, white bodies being shown in horrific states. I have mm-hmm. never. I have mm-hmm. seen the pictures of them smiling after showing, oh, you know, this is a person whose life has been taken. This, this was their life. Even when they do crimes, it's always about all the good things that they have done. The guy who just shot up wherever, what where was that? I don't even know. Nova, Nova Scotia. Scotia. Yeah. Nova Scotia. And oh, he was an aspiring, and aspiring. <laughs> he loved to. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like people are like, I'm just like, I couldn't even I didn't even bother like really diving into that story because I was like, what's the point? What's... Like at the end of the day, it's not affecting the black bodies that I'm still seeing popping up. And while we're talking about it's the desensitization and easy, it's easy for us to share um, because we feel like if we don't share, it's not going to be believed, but it's, but again, it's like how many times we got to share it. It's going to be shared on the news. It's going to be shared on those public platforms. Um, And we're so used to having to do that to the point where it's that repost button is so easy. It's a reflex. It really is. It, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what I think. It's a reflex for us to be like, "What? Well, see, it's true. Yeah. Before we can even dive into our feelings, we're doing that before we even can deal with, deal with our own feelings of yeah. the situation.
0: Yeah. yeah. That is so exhausting to have to continuously prove um, a thing that the Black community and Indigenous communities have been trying trying to make known from the dawn of colonialism it's so frustrating that that yeah that it has to be a reflex button just to try and prove um so we're almost at time which is crazy Uh, um and obviously an hour will never do race a talk about racism justice this is like a lifelong conversation i think it's easy, quote, unquote, easy for folks at home to be like, okay, so in order for me not to be racist, I just have to not run after somebody and shoot them down. Easy. But I I feel like a a valuable way to wrap this up is for us to talk about um, how the, the quote, unquote, subtle forms of racism and the realities of your Black experience, like walking, going for a walk, um, and uh, like how that uh, basically like what are things that you um, what are things you want to spotlight or myth bust around quote unquote subtle racism because it's easy to be like oh i just have to not shoot a black person and i'm not racist it's like no uh you got to do a little bit more than that so to give people a tool or um, a pathway into self-reflection to comb through their biases. Um, What do you want people to know so that they can step into this work of unpacking our internalized racism so that you can go to the grocery store and feel okay about it? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Just a quick one, two, three list. (laughs) Hot tip tips
3: oh man
0: or even not tips but like how do you feel when you when you leave your house or when you leave a place where you feel safe so that
3: armor on when i leave my house (laughs) yeah i have armor on like it that in itself is exhausting and it's like i find myself going into spaces if you if you ever wonder why it's a hard time to get to know me because i'm wondering if you're gonna like even trust me if you're going to believe that I'm standing in front of you, right, like, are you going to believe my existence? Um, I can't really speak to, I can speak to like personal experiences I've had, particularly in, again, romantic relationships, where people are arguing my existence, telling me, no, that didn't happen. This is the way it should be based on the images they've been consuming about Black people. And I have to I'm like, no, 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 this is what it is. Why are you telling me how to exist and navigate in my body in a system that oppresses me on a daily, in a system that um, we're, we're threatened, we're walking targets. We walk with that fear, we walk with those burdens. And it's like, I can say compassionate listening and I, like, I don't even know if what I'm saying it will land how do you make people care? I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't know. Right. And so what I do for myself, I don't know if it's a tool, but I don't, I'm not in close proximity of anyone who tells me um, or insists how I should be black and what I should be listening to, what I should be consuming as a black human in the world, because you have no fucking ideal of, the trauma we carry in our bodies. No idea. Like fuck off. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm tired.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like please read. You know, fine. It's a quick Google. It's a quick Google. I will say it again while we're he- yes. The skin, Thank you. We're, in. Yes,
2: the skin yes. we're in. Yes, please. Oh my god. That book. So read. for the
0: folks that are not seeing the video and are just hearing the audio, The Skin We Are In is a book, and Until yes. We Are Free, Reflections on Black Lives Matter in Canada.
1: Yes. Read, read, read. Read. Um, and, you know, if, if we say something or if we make a statement, don't let your first knee-jerk knee reaction be, let me send them a message and ask them what they
2: meant by that. So oh, my God. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you for speaking on that. Thank you for speaking. on that. People are
1: working hard, and they will point you in the right direction if you know how to write your inquiry properly. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's exhausting having to just speak your piece and then have to explain what it means. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. At the same time, I'm also concerned about what's on the internet, because we know how, like, pervasive, like, alt-right supremacy groups are how they're operating online with the information that they're sp- with the information that they're spouting
2: yeah um it's like do think that you're just like do you know what i mean with the fine tooth comb but yeah, also fine, exactly stand. well i mean yeah. it's lacking nowadays but
4: totally yeah um tips i guess sort of just understanding how pervasive white supremacy is and how internalized it is, Um, especially for white folks. You may think you're not racist, but there's still a degree of internalized racism that you're carrying just by how our systems operate and how we work within them. Um, And also just with like the, the bit on the video, like we can start to move away from sensationalizing the video to pointing out the murderers and saying their names and knowing their crimes.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: you can start focusing on that
3: just to speak to that even consuming um consuming media by black humans who speak to their personal experience begin to humanize black people Mm -hmm. we're having an experience this is what it is and there's lots of um black people representing themselves there's lots and no one's doing the digging work to see that we're there. Algorithms are racist. Yep. <laughs> Algorith- you have to dig. <laughs> Technology is racist. Technology is racist.
4: Yep.
0: Yeah. Um. Toddrick Hall posted uh, a video about, about all of this yeah. um, being like, calling folks that are blonde and blue-eyed to share the story and share it widely and to share it on their like actual feeds and not just in the stories where it'll on instagram stories where it will delete after 24 hours because um because algorithms and technology are are racist and and if we need more like white accomplices um and allies and co-conspirators in and like compassionate white folks who want to also work towards collective liberation, then it's like, yo, white folks, you need to educate each other. You need to be sharing these stories so that it actually reaches the people that it needs to reach so that marginalized folks, like the four of you here, aren't continuously overburdened with the, the role of educating and educating for free because someone slides into your DMs. Like, no, no more of that. Um, yeah, like, hello non-racialized yeah.
2: folks out there. Uh, and also realize that um, I think especially for black women when we're going through this you have to people don't understand if you're not a black woman we as much as we we carry we carry the burden of not only what we go through but all our black men and our children as well. The weight that black women carry on their shoulders on their heart and in their spirit is a weight that you don't understand unless you are a black woman yourself. And it's like, we constantly have to be the stri- You see these mothers speaking, to be able to speak and to hold their tears for later, because at first they want justice and they need to speak on it and they need to share the stories and the truths and whatnot. So just to understand that, I think the only thing is, I think you guys basically all touched on it. Um, do your work hold your hold your people accountable um don't ask us I don't, I don't know if it sounds rude but don't ask us what we think you should do it's not our job to give you a task mm-hmm. we're not here to be to allocate tasks to people do what you feel in your heart and what you feel is necessary for you to do to bring awareness to to the injustices but We can't be handing out um, memos and worksheets um, because it doesn't work. We've done that plenty of times over many decades and it doesn't work because things will fall on deaf ears. Only those who want to listen and will want to actually do the work will do the work. So if you want to step up, step up, but don't ask us permission, just do it. You don't need our permission to be an ally. You don't need our permission to show that you care or that you want to learn. But also, we're not here to also be the absolute educators on racism and how to deal with it and how to be a friend to someone who deals with it on a daily basis. It's tiring Mm -hmm. and it's exhausting. And majority of the time when we're doing this work, the outcomes are not what we want. Mm. So...
0: Yes, thank you for sharing that. Um, someone commented in this the chat. I also feel like white people's advocacy should be more directed to the white community, not just to be woke in the proximity to blackness. And that, I feel, really um, uplifts what you were saying there, Queen C. It's like, don't just, don't just um, be close to me and think that you're doing the work. Like, do the fucking
1: work and yeah, and the people. And don't tell me you're doing the work either. Like, Mm I see from where I'm at that you're clearly doing the work. Yeah. And there shouldn't be no, you know, girl guide badge, brownie badge, brownie point, whatever. Like, that's not what this is about. I, I need you to do this so that, you know, my children or, like, my legacy can actually be protected and, like, my the youth can actually have something to look forward to in the future. Like, this is so much bigger than just you holding hands and like coming to a march it's it's so much more than that
2: um, and if you want to do the work step aside right because just it's uncomfortable so you yes, have to step aside hold
1: yourself to the fire and and feel the heat because this is something that we were born into mm. you know, a lot of this for us is is birth by fire it's you have to be uncomfortable with this work there's no other way around it mm. um, and there's no, there's no generalized outcome either. Like we have to do the work to figure out what the work is. We don't have the answers. We have views. we have frameworks and we have theories and we have ideas that are proven to work, but we don't have like the actual definitive answer. So, you know, don't let that discourage you. That should be your fuel. Yeah. You know, let's, let's figure this out. Let's really put Let's, let's do it. Let's fucking do this.
2: And know that being in Canada, like, um, like our sister was speaking on the atrocities that happen here in Canada. Don't think, Oh my gosh, this stuff is going on in the States. What can I do? You can start in your own backyard here. We need work here. Yeah. We need help. Like, like I said, either you be vocal, you stand up, you come forward and do what you can do yeah. in your vicinity in your shoes you know, with your whatever, however you educate yourself, do what mm-hmm. you can do, but work here. Because yeah. brothers are dying here yep. at the hands of police. Yep. Quickly. Yep. We just don't see it as much. But it's happening. She just spoke on two incidents that happened within the last two months. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. And the time that we're in right now is, is basically, it's like basically giving the authorities free reign,
0: mm-hmm.
2: free reign to, you know, to be, um, just to push forward all these rules and guidelines and use it as a means to just inflict more brutality. They're terrorists.
0: Yeah, I think um, so much of what everyone is saying is amazing. Like the sphere of influence, we all have a sphere of influence and it is our duty to do the work of how we can impact our sphere. So if it means like having that conversation at dinner uh, with your racist uncle who likes to throw around terminology, uh, instead of coming to your Black friend being like, oh, my uncle always says this stuff and it makes me so frustrated and uh," like, Do the work and be like, yo, unk, stop. That's not allowed. And like yes it's gonna be uncomfortable and yes you're probably gonna upset your uncle and your family members for turning a peaceful dinner into a political debate but that's your privilege and that's how you can share your privilege and it starts as simple as that. Um, And going off of that we had another comment here that um, uh, I wonder how many people are wary of the work of allyship out of fear there's a lot of fear of doing it wrong. And I I often am like, yeah, you're going to do it wrong. You're going to make it wrong, wrong. <laughs> and then learn from it.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I actually, I think about um, something that you had said, Robin, before, where you're just like, I kind of look forward to being wrong. Like, show me the ways in which I can grow from where I'm at right now if what I'm doing or what I'm how I'm contributing isn't, helpful and it's I mean personally it's a personal thing that I've tried to take on as much as I can too but as far as like allies be prepared to be wrong and it's again be uncomfortable like sit in that and get acquainted with that and how that feels and how that might feel for someone else when that's imposed on them and that's where empathy comes in you know it's it's super important to do that.
0: Mm, yeah yes yes Mm -hmm. um so we're gonna wrap things up shortly before we do i just wanted to like a bottom line some of the things that you said one is like believe black voices believe black stories when they say they're having an experience don't try to be right over it just believe it um do your own research don't rely on uh, the Black people around you to be your primary educators. Go seek it out and then be the educators um, and, and motivators for white folks around you to do the work themselves. Um, so believe Black voices, do your own homework, get people doing the work around you uh, and make the mistakes and learn from them. You are going to be wrong, 100%. You are going to be uncomfortable 100%. So, just bottom line that and get over it and do it anyways. Um, so did I miss any like spotlight points mm-hmm. that were brought up?
1: Hey, black
4: people, just cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so, under, uh, so go ahead,
4: or just like, um, yeah, just understanding your own personal internalized racism and working on that. There's no point in pushing it down and denying, it's just, it takes
2: work. Yeah, don't give it an excuse, just acknowledge it. Mm-hmm, You're indeed, uh, mm-hmm.
4: and then I had one last thing to say. Um, DeAndre Campbell's family is still raising funds, GoFundMe. So if people want to pay forward, um, there's a link there. DeAndre Campbell was uh, one of the folks who lost his life to the police just a month ago
2: and where do we find i guess could we it's on gofundme
4: and if you google it it, andre campbell
2: yep okay thank you yeah
0: Yeah. um so to wrap if you folks wanted to uh let people know how they can stay in contact with you or follow you on spaces and or email transfer you directly um feel free (laughs) to uh, name those things and to anyone who missed it at the beginning (coughs) Um, okay our dear friend Phoebe Taylor, uh, is donating sales from her art today to um, to be shared amongst the speakers uh, and if you wanted to contribute more you can email hello at goodbodyfeel.com and I will make sure that all fun um, get divided amongst um, our four friends here uh, just make sure you write racism or like let's talk about race in the um in the message so that I can make sure that I know where those funds need to go to um so yeah tell people where to find you tell people how to pay you and what your wish is on a wish what is your wish what is your hope what is your dream
1: okay we'll start um you can find me at either on instagram mouthful of stars I should mention full has two L's. It's not the word mouthful. Um, or Stilo star. Uh, and my PayPal is paypal.me slash Stilo star. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my, my wish is just, oh, yeah. I want the action. Mm. I, you know, it's a really strange quote, but I'm going to use it anyway. Cause it's Prince related. Um, it's, from Purple Rain and Morris Day says, You know, I want to see some asses wiggling, I want some perfection, I want to see some action. <laughs> so that's my wish. Some asses wiggling in the right direction for some progress and some justice. Um, and last words, thank you so much for um holding this space for us. This has been very healing. So thank you.
0: No thanks needed. It's it's my
1: just
2: the least the least the least I can
1: do
2: okay well I'm on instagram at the queen dolly Lama d-o-l-l-y like a dolly Lama l-a-m-a and also sisters get together if anybody follows me on there that's my organization that I was trying to resurrect again and then COVID said sisters ain't getting together today <laughs> so that's where we're at <laughs> but yes there um and shoot I guess PayPal Queen Dalai Lama look for me there but um I just want to say peace and love to all of you thank you so much for the invite thank you for allowing me to speak on this because honestly I wouldn't have been speaking with anybody um on it so um I just uh, thank you for allowing me to expel the energy that has been literally um calcifying um, inside. So I really appreciate that. And I'm just um, honored and blessed to be able to see you all today and see your faces and mm-hmm. being able to build with you all. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, my wish awesome is <laughs> for my Black boys to grow up to be amazing Black men and to be able to do whatever they want in their life freely without any type of justification. Just, I just want them to be their best selves without me having to worry about them out there. That's, that's my wish for my children, honestly. So that's my wish. Mm-hmm. So our black boys are not threats. Okay. They're cute and they grow up to be cute. They're not cute when they're babies and then grow up to be a threat. <laughs> I've heard it. Oh, they used to be so cute, but now they're so big and black. Yeah. hello. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs>
1: Okay.
3: <laughs> um, you can find me on instagram clarity tarot c-l-a-i-r-i-t-y-t-a-r-o-t um what else we supposed to say that's where you can find me and if you want to emt me it's clairelovesdean at gmail.com claire without an e no e because it's short for claire and dean My wish is that uh, that Black humans are actually safe in spaces that they create for themselves.
2: Mm. And please cop Claire's music. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. New album. Please. EP. Get it. Oh, my goodness.
3: Which is also on my page.
2: (laughs) Thanks.
1: Thanks.
4: Yeah. I'm um, <laughs> next. Um, you can find me at um, Sarah S-Sahra, Sahra, S A H R A, Saudi, S O U um, D I. That is my handle. And I would rather you donate to um, Andre Campbell's family. They're raising funds for a funeral. Um, and these lovely folks, pay them. Um, and then, um, My wish is I'm interested in what justice would look like without a prison state. That's what I'm interested in. Um, Yeah, I will leave you with that thought, because we know that prisons do not work. We know that police do not protect and serve people. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, you powerful
0: forces, you deep-feeling earth angels and warriors. I, it was such an honor to connect with you and to feel with you um, and to amplify your voices. And if we could wake up at least one more person by this conversation, <sighs> one heart at a time. Mm-hmm. Thank you so very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Let's take a big breath together because this is what I like to do. Big inhale. I love all of you. You are all so real and valid and worthy and deserving of all of your wishes to come true. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. I'm going to get emotional. I'm just sorry. that that this conversation even needed to happen. But I am proud that we could make something happen and work with our circumstances. So much deep love Mm -hmm. and respect. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to get loud with you. And so you just tell me, or no, don't tell me, I'll do my own research. (laughs) You hit me up if you have a specific message and I'll get it out there. I love you, and I'm sorry, and thank you.
4: Thank you. Thank you you. all.
2: Thank you. Thanks for listening.
0: And there you have it. Thank you for listening to this very important conversation, and I hope it gives you the courage to talk about and dismantle systemic racism. If you're looking for support on how to start, check out my Sharing Privilege online course. Stay well, folks, and never hesitate to connect. Peace.